Welcome to the Policy People Podcast. I'm your host, Liam. And today with me, I have Tridivesh Singh Maini. Welcome to the show, Tridivesh. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Tridivesh, would you mind introducing yourself sure, sure, for everyone? Sure. Thank you. So, uh, I'm a New Delhi-based policy analyst. Uh, and since the last four, more, more than five years, actually, I've been teaching at uh, a private university, uh, OP Jindal University, OP Jindal Global University, which is near, uh, not very far from New Delhi. I actually teach at the School of International Affairs. Uh, my key areas of interest are uh, regional cooperation in South Asia, the role of state governments in Indian foreign policy, uh, and actually at a global level as well. Uh, I have also in recent years been looking at the Belt and Road Initiative uh, and the uh, China-Pakistan Economic Corridor. Uh, so my my interest in uh, foreign policy actually uh, emanated from, uh, you know, I had actually written a short a monograph sort of thing on, uh, you know, the role of the two Punjabs in India-Pakistan yes. relations. And that is from where I got really interested actually in South Asia and in foreign policy. So after my master's I actually worked first with the private sector and then with the media and with a couple of think tanks. And it's after 2014 that I moved to the university. Into university, right. So it's, you've had quite a long trajectory there. And as you yes. said, you started out with a master's degree You've been through a couple of think tanks. You're now in academia right. uh, at one of the the leading uh, schools for international studies and, and foreign policy in India. So that's uh, it's quite a journey you've been on, Trudevish. So I just want to ask you, uh, when did you first think about getting into think tanks and how did you come across think tanks? Was it something you planned earlier in you know your youth or your studies or was it something that you sort of stumbled upon after graduating? So I think the first uh, influence, you know, I did my master's in Washington, D.C. Oh, OK. Now, Washington, D.C., as you know, is a city of think tanks. Mm. And I did my master's in international development. So naturally, you know, uh, after my master's degree, I thought oh, I obviously uh, was keen to work with, you know, one of the think tanks, especially those doing a lot of work in South Asia. Mm. Uh, that didn't work out. Uh, so I worked for a while. I did a very short consultancy with the World Bank after my master's degree ended. Uh, very short, very brief consultancy. Uh, then I came back to India. Uh, I was with, as I told you, the private sector. And, you know, once I was in the media, uh, I, you know, because in the media, you look at policy issues. I was writing a weekly column, actually, which is to sum up, you know, what is happening in Pakistan. Uh, you know, so basically, just to be a summary of what all the major newspapers in Pakistan are talking about, mm. summing up, the political and economic developments in that country. Mm. So, uh, so media, uh, you know, you look at a lot of policy issues. And then again, you know, I started developing an interest in either going back to academia or going back to a think tank. So I got a very good opportunity uh, in 2008. Uh, I got this offer to join the Institute of South Asian Studies uh, attached to the National University of Singapore. I worked as a research associate over there for about a year and a half, a little more than a year and a half. Obviously, research associate's position entails a number of responsibilities. Uh, there were administrative tasks and so on, but it was a great experience because, you know, you got the chance to look at how uh, Southeast Asia views South Asia. Mm. So this is very different from how... Uh, 
the West views South Asia. Yeah. So Singapore's interest in South Asia was largely, I mean, obviously it's a strategic interest, but there is also an economic interest. So the focus areas were not just India and Pakistan. They were equally interested in Bangladesh and Singapore, in uh, in uh, Sri Lanka, sorry. Uh, and around this time, you know, all these, especially the Bangladesh economy had begun to pick up. So the focus on Bangladesh was increasing as well. Mm. So I think one got a more holistic idea of, you know, what South Asia is about. So that was a good experience. Uh, I got a chance to write some short uh, publications. Uh, you know, also it was the earlier I'd worked to the newspaper. So the, the, the opinion pieces written over there are very different from some, some, when you write for Think Tank. So the best part about the Think Tank is it's somewhere in between. So one, opposite the uh, writing style cannot be so journalistic. There has to be some, uh, you know, uh, academic touch to it when you write. And But at the same time, it has to be very policy oriented. Huh. There have to be some recommendations and uh, you need to follow current events very closely and understand the policy implications. Yes. So that, so I think, I think geographically, the fact that, you know, I got a chance to work in Southeast Asia, it was a very important period because 2008 to 2000, between that 2008, 2009 and 10, a number of important developments also took place in the context of India-Pakistan relations. Yes. Uh, the, the recession took place globally. Uh, India weathered that reasonably, dealt with that reasonably well. So it was an important phase and I, I think it was a good experience. Fantastic. I think uh, what I can tell from, from your sharing of, of your journey so far, Trudevesh, is that uh, it's perfect that you have really, you know, felt around and, and, and uh, dipped your toe into in each of these areas and more than dipped your toe, you've had a, quite a deep experience with, with, uh, within both you know, academia, think tanks, the media. Uh, these are often areas that I sometimes uh, ponder to myself, you know, exactly in, in which way would I see myself uh, heading in the future in, in, in years to come. I think for a lot of uh, younger analysts who are just starting out, they sort of see the landscape and they're not 100% sure where the fault lines are and what you know, the distinctions are between these uh, different entities. But I think you put it well when you say the think tank is sort of something in the middle. You know, it needs to have a policy focus, I suppose more practical than possibly uh, an academy, academic uh, institution, which may, you know, obviously have a different, uh, you know, reasons for, for its research or motivations behind the research. It has to be practical, uh, policy oriented, but it uh, also needs to be quite timely. You know, you need to put out uh, quite a few new updates and opinion pieces about news and current affairs and events more than you would, I'd imagine within academic circles. Now, you, so would you say your background doing media uh, opinion pieces, that really helped you uh, within the think tank in, in Singapore? And, and how did you sort of apply those skills uh, in Singapore? What was different about it in terms of the writing weekly updates about things? So I'd just like to make one more addition, Please. I think. Uh to, uh, you know, what you said about think tank. Also, you know, to adopt a more uh, interdisciplinary approach. Yes. So even if you're working on, uh, you know, geopolitics or, so let's say you're tilted more towards the strategic side of it, the security side of it, you do need to understand economic developments much more. You do need to understand the sociological issues, you know, much deeper. Yes. And so there's basically this, you know, this is one, it is, 
what it begins more with the professional constraints that you know because you're working in a think tank at times you have to do things which are related to you know the priorities of the think tank but that actually gives you very good training because uh, down the line you know when you have an interdisciplinary understanding of things even in academia that really helps you well hmm. and i'm fortunate even in the current university we have a very interdisciplinary sort of approach hmm. towards and we uh, lay a lot of emphasis on um, you know giving space and to uh, practitioners so we have in fact in the faculty we have a number of practitioners and all so i think that is that aspect of the the interdisciplinary training in a think tank and also you learn the ability to multitask mm. more than you know so that that way it's a, a great experience so uh, going coming back to your days in singapore so were you uh, in a team that was focused on south asia or were how many other people were in the sort of the south asian uh, sphere and how did you collaborate with those and what were the feedback loops between for example possibly the singaporean government or was was it an independent think tank what what is this sort of where does it sit within singapore's policy community okay so uh, this was 12 years back so a number of changes would have taken place you know the first thing which i would like to make you know the first point which i would like to make is so the training uh, i didn't answer your earlier question i think the training which was provided in uh, you know while working with the indian express uh, was helpful because whenever you had to respond to a political so for instance the elections were going on mm. in india in 2009 mm. so you know often you know i got an opportunity to write the policy briefs a uh, couple of insights as well Uh, so you know the knowledge of politics and the ability to respond fast to developments obviously pick up you know while working with the media so that training was used now uh, i wouldn't like to comment on the uh, organization because it would have gone through a number of changes mm. the uh, singapore th- the think tanks but as far as i can tell you about the research structure please yes so it was very flexible see as a research associate in any case uh, when at this point of you know when i joined there were a couple of so there were institutional responsibilities which means that let's say there is a development which is outside your area of research interests which you need to respond to so mm-hmm. you need to write a policy brief or an insight or whatever mm-hmm. at at another level you obviously choose an area of specialization so at that point of time uh, i had done some work very uh, sort of a, uh, a short working paper on the you know the media in south asia there's a comparison of uh, the media in india and pakistan especially the regional media the vernacular shouldn't be called vernacular but so for instance the urdu press yes the urdu press of india and urdu press of pakistan i was hamstrung by the fact that i didn't know urdu myself but i used some translation services just to get a sort of feel of uh, you know how it works so and so so i wrote a sort of working paper on that oh, okay. and uh, that was that was an interesting experience uh and then uh, we attended uh, apart from that obviously the seminars which you attend the conferences which you attend are also part of it uh, so a couple of uh, conferences were represented were linked to how you know the media covers so for instance how the media covers communal riots mm. you know and Uh, south asia and all so it it was a mixed bag and i'll be very frank you know at that stage you don't have uh while it was a great experience and for that position we got a lot of support 
you also have to you know learn how to multi as i said you know you have institutional responsibilities uh, so you learn how to uh, sort of juggle all these responsibilities in that you find you know what is your niche or what is your area of interest but i also on on the sidelines i continue to write on uh, india pakistan relations on the role of uh, sort of soft power you know people to people contact occasionally you the opinion pieces yes so uh, the other advantage is you know obviously think tanks also encourage they do want you to write longer pieces but they encourage you to write opinion pieces for a number of reasons you know uh, it obviously it helps the think tank as well and it uh, it's good i mean you basically uh, comment regular commentary on critical issues helps so i think the uh, uh, i would i mean one thing which i would like to say is that i re- we received support Uh, on a number of issues i mean whether it was attending seminars and conferences whether it was writing for uh, newspapers in south asia and outside uh, so that way i think it was great and so, but i would very frankly say i mean that is uh, and for anybody who wants to get into the think tank world mm. that sort of experience is great because you uh, you know you see it from inside out and you also learn some of the uh, what you would not consider as pleasant parts of you know being in a think tank and what are those obviously very curious yeah so there are the, you know the thing is today we at that point of time we don't think it's a, it's but it actually trains you so the institutional so for instance editing of publications which may not be of interest to you but editing is a skill yes uh, you know when when events are organized and uh, you know you you have to play some sort of role in events you may not be having a research interest but it's an institutional responsibility because uh-huh. after all the institutions helping you out in other ways you know it does provide you support for attending seminars for conferences so you have to do it so i think that uh, this you know right after you uh, sort of finish university this sort of stint where you research associate or whatever the think tank you learn a lot about the functioning and i'm not saying only in the context of singapore i'm saying in the context of india in the us or whatever so you get a good understanding of how it functions from within hmm. that that experience is essential then you can decide you know whether this is the career path you want to go on or you want to think of something yes i i just want to pick up on something you you mentioned there which i think is quite interesting you said you know like a, writing opinion articles uh, commentaries and this kind of of thing is is very important uh, for the think tank would you say uh, what what is what is the in the interest of the think tank in that regard is it is it for publicity purposes or uh, something else is go- is going on there so you know basically we we use the term publicity but i would actually look at it in another way that basically now the, a lot of research has come out also that mm. while obviously academic articles and journal articles are very important and you know i i mean i'm not very prolific but i also have a couple of decent in the last few years also some academic articles under my belt but i do feel that you want to you are also there to influence the narrative mm. like okay so now that whether anybody listens to what you say or not but at least you make an attempt you put forth what you think is right right so i think in that sense it's not just about you know one more article and you know a think tank saying a name is appearing in the newspaper it's about the influence uh, it's about how you know the so the on the if you look at the overall narrative are you making a contribution to that or not i think that's the part so by by opinion pieces naturally i mean you know they appear much more frequently uh, 800 to 1000 word opinion piece is going to be read by not just academics or 
you know people who are affiliated to academics but also uh, by uh, people in other walks of life yes who again have a contribution to the overall narrative which is at play i guess it's yes it's kind of the national discourse about about the policy area under yeah, discussion absolutely and especially if you're working in, in a think tank related to south asian you write for south asian publications while being stationed uh, outside i think it's always useful because even within south asia the awareness about your think tank which is not you know geographically in south asia increases mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wonderful so after that you after singapore you moved uh, back to india and that's where you had your next uh, a couple of stints you've been uh, working for uh, several different institutes in india before you uh, went to Uh, into academia could you tell us a little bit about the highlights of those and and which uh, ones you feel uh, you know you had the most satisfaction working for and, and how that process uh, worked out for you okay so uh, i came back to india in uh, uh, july 2010 i had taken some time off because between july 2010 and uh, 10 and uh, the beginning of uh, 2011 i was actually uh, co-editing a monograph uh, actually a proper edited volume you know where we uh, sort of interviewed retired defense officials from india and from pakistan so i was doing some of, i mean more the interviews on the indian side i was collaborating with somebody from pakistan and uh, we had a third person who was unfortunately not around any longer he was a british academic so uh, this uh, book was published by peter lang and you may need to it's called warriors after war if you do google search you'll find it and i can even sort of send you some extracts of it we'll reference that in the show notes warriors after war yes yes so this is conversations yes. okay. with the retired defense officials from india and pakistan hmm. so i taken some time off uh, then from the beginning of 11 till about 2012 i worked with the observer search foundation uh, then uh, one of after the orf uh, some of the best uh, one of the major ex- highlights you know was one i was part of uh, you know a- the asia society in new york they have a indo pakistan young leaders sort of program so i was selected for that uh, again i was stationed mostly in delhi but we had some interesting events and uh, we got i got to meet people from the other side we also as part of the program we also got a chance to visit china and meet other delegates of the from asia society from, again from uh, sort of various walks of life and during uh, this was in 2013 and alongside i had also be, uh, been um, uh, i was fortunate enough to get a fellowship with the hindu center in chennai this thing that had come up in 2013 uh, i think this was a great experience because you know uh, when you look at think tanks generally uh, whether you look at the narrative in the us uh, there's a domination of the beltway uh, in india we assume that you know generally think tanks if they have to function successfully especially in the policy realm uh, they should be based in delhi or around you know national capital region or whatever uh, so this was uh, a good experience you know i got a chance first of all the, the hindu center just it began in 2013 so in the first few months i got a chance to uh, spend some time over there current uh, uh, and also got an opportunity to meet some very senior uh, you know journalists working with the hindu and that was a great exposure uh, and most importantly uh, 
the topic which I chose <coughs> was uh, of personal interest. So I looked at the role of border states, Indian border states in the context of uh, India-Pakistan relations. And I expanded upon you know, my earlier work where earlier I just looked at the two Punjabs. Uh, now I looked at you know the role of, for instance, Rajasthan and Sindh, hmm. Gujarat and Sindh and the two Punjabs. So, uh, and I also got an opportunity in the midst of this to travel to, uh, you know, some of the sort of uh, areas close, to, you know, to the borderlands. And uh, so it, it was interesting to compare all the three and, you know, how they sort of look at ties with Pakistan and all. And I think, again, I got tremendous support from the Hindu Center. And again, while I was at the Hindu Center, you know, that's the beauty of a think tank. Uh, uh, they used to ask us to write short pieces, quick reaction pieces. Uh, and even after, uh, I mean, for a while after I left the Hindu Center also, I was writing the, you know, the occasional brief, uh, not brief, sorry, the commentary on uh, issues pertaining to geopolitics. And so that's really uh, fascinating. So, I mean, you mentioned there, there's, I mean, why do you think the Hindu decided to base this center in Chennai? Was it sort of a deliberate move to sort of step back from possibly the, the, the center of power in Delhi, or was there other, other motivations uh, from that? Was it more of a trying to forge uh, think tanks and, and the media? I mean, you could probably tell me more, but I, I'm very curious about that. Again, I mean, uh, I, you know, again, it's like basically seven years uh, yes. since the think tank began. I really would not, I think, that, I mean, logistically, first of all, it would make much more sense that, you know, if you have a resource in place, you know, you have a fine newspaper and if you can feed in onto that if the think tank can also benefit hmm. in some form from this you know resources over there i mean that is one thing and the second thing yes i mean obviously i think uh, they were they were uh, toying with the idea of having some sort of uh, setup in delhi but the fact that then you have the hindu newspaper in delhi i mean obviously you have a big office in delhi so whatever you need to learn about delhi you get some benefit you know uh, some important information uh, in the policy realm or whatever. That's that's so again that resource is always there. So I think there's an advantage in being uh, in not being placed in the national capital as well. That you don't have to react to everything right away. You can take a slightly uh, more rational stand on policy issues because you know you're not part of the herd and you don't have to just just give a reaction for the sake of it. So I think there are advantages in not being. There are a lot of advantages in being in the national capital naturally. Right. But there are a lot of uh, advantages in not being uh, in the national capital and being part of that narrative, which is, you know. Yes. I mean, you can contrast it yourself to your days spent in, in Washington, right? As you say, it's the, the city of, of think tanks. So how how was the culture there and uh, what, what kind of uh, exposure do you have, you know, on, on a daily basis when you were in Washington? Could, could you contrast that to Chennai? Would you, I mean, I, I know it's a... Uh, <laughs> it's a different country, but this and a different city, and that that's why we're we're so interested in your in your experience there. Like, how how did you feel? Yes. So I think basically, the think tanks uh, in Delhi are mm. more, you know, similar in the function to the think tanks in Washington, and mm. Delhi is also a capital city. So the culture and you know uh, the things which are linked linked up, basically the benefits of being part of a think tank in Washington and DC are very similar. And I mean, that's also part of it. It's it's not, I mean, 
that to say that anybody just gets into all these institutions only for research i think interaction with a lot of other people uh, is part of it you learn more about the broader narrative you meet people again you know also when you meet people from different uh, disciplines or from other think tanks or from other universities you learn a lot more but i mean i'm just guessing that even in the us you also have it's not just uh, washington dc you do have now a lot of centers stationed at universities which are doing a very good job and i'm not just talking about new, new york obviously right new york is again will give you wrong impression because it's a big city and not that far from washington dc right but even in the midwest and all within uh, universities you have centers which function like think tanks and a lot of good work on south asia is actually being done outside washington dc mm. you have very good departments and all uh, so i would not and in any case you know the first time i was there I was just purely i was a uh, student i used to we had the advantage that we could attend events at various you know think tanks and all that but the sec the uh, i had this uh, opportunity to do a very short term fellowship in 2016 from january 2016 to what february 2016 so uh, during that one got a deeper insight uh, you know you met I, we got a chance to meet the people individuals who had been selected for that fellowship best emerson center uh, met uh, people working at other think tanks and we also got a good opportunity to meet people in important policy positions uh within the us government and understand how they function so i think the same thing i mean i i wouldn't really say that you know there's much of a diff- i mean the at least the attempt which are made in indian think in, in think tanks based in delhi also very similar to get a closer to get closer linkages uh with policy circles so you can have an impact on the broader narrative right now that may be tougher if you're outside the national capital but we are moving in the even in india there are attempts and generally you know basically uh, obviously in the us it, this whole uh, so the linkages between the government academia and think tanks you know since they have been since the 1950s 1960s you saw this culture began it think tanks began much earlier but governments actually consulting think tanks uh, working closely with academics and all that culture right post second world war it was even more pronounced mm-hmm. uh, and in india i think the basic the culture of think tanks arose after 1991 mm-hmm. and uh, so and now even the the way the government works with academia also is changing mm-hmm. right so as you see that transformation happening th- there will be a lot of similarities between how think tanks function in the national capital in uh, the US and in India whereas those outside will have similar problems sure. they will complain that you know think tanks in delhi have more access or think tanks yes. in washington have more access to the government and all that this leads this is perfect this leads me to the next question i was going to ask you I, i'm very much looking forward to digging into the details of the policy recommendations uh, you offered uh, in your in your uh, piece uh, well it's not it wasn't a piece it was a research paper about the border states uh, in india and their role uh, within the broader regionalism and we'll be de- digging into that in the next episode but uh, i first want to just ask from your experience with the hindu center and and doing that research and putting forth those policy proposals within india and its evolving think tank landscape Uh, what is the best way for uh, experts such as yourself to make an impact on policy how do you think uh, the best way to go about that 
is right now? Okay, so I think the first thing is that, you know, one must know one's limitations. Uh, if you're going to pick up an area uh, which is, which you, you have to see what is realistic, you have to see what is plausible. So the first thing is you have to see something which is plausible. Second, you also have to see that, uh, I would, I mean, my personal opinion is get into something which at times, uh, which may seem offbeat, mm. right? possible, not outside the realm of possibility, but a bit different, you know, uh, you you can create your own niche and at a certain stage, maybe you can have an impact. But you're, if you're in an area where there are enough experts already, they're doing enough of work. Uh, so there is a certain stability and, you know, in terms of employment, in terms of other things, you're more stable and secure and all that. But in the long run, I don't think you can come out with anything path-breaking or... Uh, you know, cutting edge as hmm. such. Hmm. So it's very contrasting that on the one hand, you have to see what is in the realm of possibility, right? At the same time, it should be different from what is being offered. Now, for instance, if you look at India-Pakistan relations, uh, you know, you have two extremes. You have either people who are talking about peace, uh, right, uh, about borders, irrelevant borders and so on. And even in the past, I mean, I have also argued that you should have porous borders, but you have to see the reality. What is going to be the acceptance on either side? Is it possible within the current geopolitical context? But on the other hand, if you look at targeted areas like trade, you know, the economic dimensions, which nobody can really object to some things related to just tourism on both sides. Uh, then you look at, and also you have to pick out, I think one more thing that is important is that whenever you pick any area of research, you have to also... Uh, focus on the key st stakeholders within that. We often focus, so when you look at a particular area, you get so obsessed by, you know, some of the, either the big names in academia or the government or whatever stakeholders, but there are stakeholders outside that. So when you look at, for instance, Indian state governments in India, the borders states, you have state, obviously you have the state chief ministers, right? You have uh, businessmen who, would want trade on both. They are also stakeholders and not just big businessmen, but small businessmen. So identifying those stakeholders, giving a voice to uh, uh, the sta stakeholders, not just those who everybody would be very happy to see there, but some who may seem, who, you know, who may seem to, to many that, you know, why, uh, that they're not that relevant, but actually they have a role to play. They have a role to play. Wow. That's, that's fascinating. Uh, that's really uh, illuminating stuff there, Tridivision. I, I wonder, is uh, is partisanship sort of a, a big um, influence in, in think tanks in India at, at this stage? Is it becoming more sort of uh, partisan or is, it, is, is, there, is there quite a sort of a mainstream, a common ground, uh, sort of a consensus uh, that sort of uh, between many think tanks or is it, yeah. Okay. So I think, see, again, since I'm not in a think tank, right, it's really tough for me to comment. Because again, if you're inside, you know much better, right? But sure. see, what happens is, like any other country, you have a few think tanks which are affiliated. Uh, I mean, even in the US, yes. you have the American Enterprise Institute, you have the Heritage Foundation, right, which don't hide their ideological leanings or whatever, right? So similarly, you have some think tanks of that sort. And uh, fair enough, I think that's quite all right. Uh, then you have, I mean, then you have what is, uh, but even the think tanks which are not affiliated, uh, you know, they have to function within 
you know what is uh, the mainstream at that point of time you can't sort of deviate you can't really give anything which may be considered outland which may not be outlandish but which may be considered outlandish at that point of time so i think there is this uh, i mean sure. this minimal point about you know uh, being in sync uh, with the public mood on certain issues especially uh, concerning certain countries on security issues and all i think that is and that's a constraint at times i mean you're hamstrung by that because you have to stay within that you may not necessarily believe mm. in all those things uh, whereas academia you don't have the disadvantage yes that's very so so now as you are in academia now how have how's the transition been for you you feel well adjusted and yeah so i would again see i would not classify myself as a pure academic uh, for because i also do other things i mean i'm, I'm fortunate enough to be part of this great institution the op jindal university in the sense that you know they give uh, a lot of freedom they give a lot of space to do things uh, but i also carry on writing i mean opinion pieces i am involved uh, with some other organizations also right in a freelance sort of way some a couple of media organizations and uh, so you know and writing regularly for them but i think uh, so what i've learned in my uh, stint over the last 5 5 years plus uh, at op jindal university is that you know uh, your personal research you know you could be a good researcher but you could be an awful teacher <laughs> that's a common combination right so teaching is teaching is a lot about connecting with uh, students it's so basically at times you could be great you could be very good in research you could be very good theoretically you could be very sound conceptually but at the same time you may not be that uh, effective in the classroom so keeping the children you know the students uh, involved and engrossed in the class that requires a skill uh, and outside the classroom also it's essential to uh, connect you know to know that you know what are the problems are facing and things like that so i think when you look at academia it's it's a very different it's a different ball game and it's not what people actually think it's not just about you know uh, your own uh, research papers or it's not just about the courses you teach it's about how you teach them it's about how you even even you require now i think in the post covid world i think it's going to become even more there'll be a number of changes when you have online classes connecting with students will be a bigger challenge but it's manageable i mean uh, in the last couple of weeks we've been trying them out some online classes and that has actually helped yes yes well that's that sounds like uh, as you say it is a different ball game and a new set of skills that that you've picked up and but at the same time you you've uh, maintained you know your your output of writing for for various media publications and uh, your your focus still remains quite uh, sort of policy centric so you you've really got still covered the broad spectrum there Uh, Trudevesh, I'm just really curious. What's what's next for you, or where do you see yourself uh, several years down the line? Uh, what are, what are your ambitions going forward? Yeah, as I mean, uh, at this point of time, really, I mean, uh, I'm enjoying teaching. As I said, I mean, I enjoy writing for other publications and all that. And then also look at a, a book, you know, to take forward the work which I've done earlier. Maybe then over the next couple of years, that's these are two three things. So, but the thing again, you know, it's. with so much flux you also want to think about what you do it should be relevant it should be able to make a contribution 
to the current uh, narrative and to the current global sort of order and things like that. Yes. So, so maybe a, a book in the in the pipeline and then and maybe a couple of others and and you're enjoying teaching on the whole. Yes. Yes. Very much. Very much. Fantastic. Well, Trudevesh, it's been a pleasure, and thank you so much for sharing your experience and insights with us about your time in think tanks and the policy community. Uh, we will be discussing again, meeting again shortly to discuss the uh, details of those policy recommendations about the role of border states in South Asian regionalism, especially India-Pakistan relations. So we're very much looking forward to hearing more about that next time. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Trudevet. Okay.